Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, everyone. This is a special breaking news bonus episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Robert Durst. On Saturday, October 16th, the LA Times reported that Robert Durst was placed on a ventilator after contracting COVID-19 and sourced that information to Dick DeGaron, Robert Durst's lawyer, in both his trial in Galveston, Texas for the murder of Morris Black and in his trial for the murder of Susan Berman here in Los Angeles. DeGaron told the LA Times that Durst was in very bad condition. The Times quoted DeGaron as saying, he was having difficulty breathing and he was having difficulty communicating. He looked worse than I've ever seen him and I was very worried about him. The LA Times goes on to report that DeGaron confirmed that Durst had been hospitalized and placed on a ventilator. Joining us now is Charles Bagley reporter for the New York Times and for CrimeStory.com covering the trial of Robert Durst. Charlie, thanks for joining us. What can you tell us about why Dick DeGaron would tell the LA Times that his client Robert Durst has COVID-19 and is on a ventilator when Durst himself would have to approve that information being released? And by definition, because Durst is in custody and has a tube down his throat, is in no position to give that authorization. Well, it it was an unusual situation uh, when Mr. DeGaron started talking about this. When it comes to the health of Mr. Durst, the the court sheriff's office, which, which controls the jail, the prosecutor, everyone has been pretty cautious about revealing any particular information about his health because of regulations governing healthcare, which insist on patient privacy. On the other hand, the defense has long cried that Bob's health is in a dire situation. And, you know, it was pretty clear at the sentencing last Thursday that Bob was having some trouble breathing. He had his mask on, but he repeatedly took it off, it seemed, to get another gulp of air. He was slumped in his chair. And in the four months of trial, we never saw him slumped. He always seemed to be sitting up paying attention. And as you know, he was on the stand for 14 days. That, that's, that's quite a record. And duking it out with the prosecution. Charlie, what can you tell us about the plans among the Durst team to file an appeal in California and to prepare for the likely prosecution of Durst for the murder of Kathy Durst in Westchester County? Well, Bob has a number of legal problems still in front of him. Uh, As you mentioned, the appeal, uh, he's got a potential indictment in Westchester County, New York, and who knows what else might surface. So I I think what this next period of time is going to bring us is a whole new roster of defense lawyers. 
Dick DeGarren told me this afternoon, I completed my assignment at the time of sentencing. I will not handle the appeal. So Bob Durst and his family is out looking for a lawyer to handle the appeal work and someone to represent his interests vis-a-vis the Westchester District Attorney. So stay tuned. We're going to have a whole different cast of characters. All the more curious that DeGarren would tell the LA Times that Durst had COVID after the sentencing if, in DeGarren's own words, his services ended at the time of that sentencing. One other question for you, Charlie. As I understand it, if Robert Durst files an appeal, and if he were to die before that appeal is fully exhausted, then the conviction in California for the murder of Susan Berman would be vacated. Is that your understanding as well? Yes. Now, I'm not a lawyer and I don't play one on TV, but it is my understanding that if the defense can file even a notice of appeal, and they've been scrambling to do that since uh, Saturday, that the conviction would be set aside if he died before it was perfected. And Bob would then turn into what he has been for the last 40 years, a suspect in a string of deaths in three states. Well, Charlie Bagley, thanks once again for joining us. And thanks for all your work covering this trial for CrimeStory.com and for Jury Duty. Specific thanks for the wonderful piece you wrote about Nick Chavin and your experiences with Nick over the last 20 odd years. You can find that article at CrimeStory.com and also a podcast version of it here on Jury Duty, The Trial of Robert Durst. I know that you have a couple of other things left up your sleeve, Charlie, so we'll look forward to the next pieces from you. Well, thanks a lot, Gary. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this special breaking news bonus episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Robert Durst. We're going to have two more episodes coming up over the course of the next couple weeks, covering the events of last Thursday, April 14th. We will drop the first of those two episodes tonight, so keep an eye out for it. Thanks again for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.